Well, the way they pick TV shows is they make one show. That show's called a pilot. Then they show that one show to the people who pick shows. And on the strength of that one show, they decide if they want to make more shows. Some get chosen and become television programs. Some don't. Come nothing. Hello, and welcome to episode 20 of the Pilot Season Podcast. I'm Dan. And I'm Jen. And this is the podcast where we watch just a pilot episode of a television series, just the first episode, and we review it, discuss it, have a little fun with it. Each week, one of us takes a turn picking a show, and this was my week to pick, and I picked... The Gilmore Girls, or I'm sorry, just Gilmore Girls. I don't think there's a the in front of it. <laughs> it's just Gilmore Girls, the WB show that ran from 2000 to 2007, ran for seven seasons, and a subsequent Netflix mini series type of thing that I think that happened last year. Mm-hmm. Normally, we start off the the show, if you're a new listener, we usually start off the show with kind of discussing, you know, how we came, how, you know, we came to pick this show, if if we had any personal history with it, if we've watched it before, etc. So, have you watched Gilmore Girls? Do you know anything about Gilmore Girls? I have never seen a single episode. I think I know a little bit about it just seeing it advertised and whatever. I knew it was like a mother-daughter combination, of, you know, the mother um, having gotten pregnant very young. And I kind of just thought it was like a, the story of, you know, the, like their relationship. Uh, but that was basically it. Like, I didn't really know anything else about the show. Okay. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. Again, it's one of those shows that I knew very little about other than just what it was called, and it looked like, a, to me, like a, quote-unquote, like a chick show. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> girls and feelings and romance and drama and generally the things that at the time, you know, this this came out that I would definitely not have been interested in. <laughs> That and the fact that it was it was aired on the WB. I don't think I really watched a lot of stuff on the WB. I, th- I think you know f- for a while the WB. I feel like was considered kind of low rent. A lot of, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, just I I did watch some things on the WB, but prior to this show, I think it was the WB really catered to approximately teenagers. So teenagers, pre-teens, you know, even past your teens, maybe just getting into your 20s. You know, not that other folks didn't watch those shows, but I think that was their main focus, that age range. By the time Gilmore Girls came around, you know, I was still in my 20s, but I was beyond those types of shows. Yeah. It wasn't, I can't say it wasn't on my radar, but it wasn't really on my radar. I I really didn't even consider it, you know, like, oh, there's a new show, maybe I should Mm -hmm. check it out and didn't get to it or something. It was nothing like that. I think it was like, oh, there's one of those shows for teenagers. Yeah, that's probably where I, I come down on it to that and the, the two leads Lauren Graham and Alexis Bladel, I think is how you say her last name. You know, those two actresses at the time really, I mean, they were nobodies to me. Right. And maybe they were nobodies in general or just hadn't had their big break yet. Looking back, I, I could probably imagine thinking there was there's no star power in this show. Amazingly, Watching it tonight and looking at the credits and seeing who was in this pilot episode, there's a lot of people in this show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was surprised. Lorelai's father 
Oh, yeah. That guy. Ed, uh, Edward Herman. He's been in a lot of things, and the main thing that I associate him with always, anytime I see him, the Lost Boys. Yes. Because he was like the head vampire right. he was the, or yes, whatever he was his the, the, yeah. title or, or, or whatever it was. And I always think like he says something like, I'm not getting this right, I know, but like, <laughs> silly boy, you don't invite a vampire into your home or something. Yeah. And like, I don't know. Just every time I see that man, no matter what he's in, what well, kind of character he is, I'm like, he's a vampire! He's a vampire! <laughs> He, Edward Herman, I, I I wrote I didn't really have a note for him. I just wrote his name down with an exclamation point because he was such a staple in the eighties. You said Lost Boys. What I was just thinking of was something that we watched recently was Overboard. He played Goldie Hawn's husband, the rich yeah. so Tofudi. Like- Tofudi. Where are you, <laughs> Tofudi? He's a different kind of jerk. In, he he in always plays movie. he always plays like a rich guy for the most part. Yeah. Well, and when we watched that movie, same thing in my head I was like <gasps> You guys <laughs> He's the vamp he's the main vampire. Kurt Russell, watch out. Right? <laughs> he's a vampire. Yeah. Melissa McCarthy was in this? Yeah, and I I had no idea she honestly, was in the show. I think I heard she was in this show like last year when they were talking about the miniseries, the additional mm-hmm. miniseries piece. Because I remember hearing about just the tiniest bit about who they were bringing back, and and I don't know because I've never watched a show. But both Lorelai and Rory, over the course of seven seasons, had a number of, I guess, like love interests, and there was a big discussion about. Which of these men would be appearing and 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 that kind of thing. And that's when I heard that Melissa McCarthy had been on this show. I had no idea that she was a regular character mm-hmm. on the show. Well, he didn't appear in this episode, but apparently somewhere in the in this series, Milo Venemilia is a series regular. Mm-hmm. Good old Jack Pearson from This Is Us. Mm-hmm. The uh, terrible towel wearing over his junk, Milo Venemilia. Listen, <laughs> listen, he's easy on the eyes. He, yeah, okay he definitely is. Yeah. Now I don't know if if you noticed this one, Lorelai's mom. Do you know who Lorelai's mom was? You're gonna you're gonna be upset when you I'm when gonna, you hear this. Oh man, I'm gonna be upset. You're gonna be um, upset when you hear this. I knew she looked familiar. She looked kind of familiar, but I, I kind of thought but she, it was oh, more, she's just somebody who plays like... Here's what it was. It was more her voice that made me look up who she was. Her name didn't didn't ring a bell. Her, she kind of looked familiar, but I could tell she was older than the last time I saw her. You ready for this? Sure. She was Marjorie Hausman in Dirty Dancing. Baby's mom. Huh. I never would have come up with that, but now that you say that, I you can see yeah, you, uh, you can see it yeah. when you th- when yeah. you think of her. Yeah, you can see. Yeah, yeah, kind of a prim and proper character both times. You know, in in the in yeah. dirty dancing and in kind of the high society or right now. And and another appearance, I didn't recognize him at first. I I saw his name in the opening credits. I had to look him up to see who he played in the in the pilot because I'm watching this show and I'm like, I don't think I've seen him yet. This the show Supernatural, which is on the CW, which a uh, little bit of trivia, Gilmore Girls, their last season they they moved to the CW. They went from the WB to the CW for their last season. I don't know why I always thought the WB became the CW. It might have. I don't really know. All those kind of... I, yeah, and I just wasn't because, paying attention to any of Because those. I think... Remember UPN? Yeah. Like UPN, I think, became the WB, which became the CW. So, who knows? But Jared Pelle, Jared Peladicki, Peladecki is 
the young man that Rory's interested in. His name's Dean in the show. Yeah, I saw the name on the screen, and I was like, that name looks familiar I had to, to look- me, but I <laughs> couldn't place... I had to look it up because he looks so... His pre-supernatural look, he, he looks wildly different than he does in Supernatural. Now, granted, there was a good five years or so in between his appearance in this show and Supernatural. I think Supernatural premiered in 2005 or 2006, something like that. So just to get back on track a little bit, I'm just going to read you the the Netflix description of Gilmore Girls. Okay. So, fiercely independent single mom Lorelai raises gifted Ivy League-bound daughter Rory amid a continual stream of quick, rip, quick-witted repartee. Now, that's the overall description of the series. For the pilot episode, what we're faced with is Rory is accepted to attend a prestigious prep school. Lorelai must swallow her pride and ask her wealthy parents for help with tuition. A fairly straightforward story, but we're introduced to a lot of characters. We're, we're introduced to the, the whole setup. Uh, you know, they live in a small town in Connecticut, it sounds like, right? Yeah. And it's a cute little fictional town called Stars Hollow. Lorelai is, it, it took me a while to figure this out, but she was the manager of this small inn mm-hmm. in town. Melissa McCarthy is the, I guess, the head chef mm-hmm. of said inn who's hilariously a trainer. <laughs> Her daughter Rory is in high school, maybe what, like 15, 16 years old, something like that? I think that. they said she's 16. Okay, 16. They have a, Lorelai and Rory, I'd say, have a, have a pretty unique relationship because Lorelai got pregnant with Rory when she herself was 16. Right. So Lorelai is only 32. So I guess at this, at this period in their both their lives, they're kind of coming to this middle ground where they are able to relate to each other a little more. Yeah, I I kind of thought something along those same lines. Rory is, I would say, particularly mature for only being 16. She's very intelligent. She's clearly well-read. Um, there were plenty of... Um, Scenes where they, you know, you could see that she um, was a big reader. They talked about reading quotes yeah. that she said. Like, she's a very intelligent and, like, thoughtful. I was going to say, there's a lot of literary references yeah. in this episode. Yeah, so she's very, she's mature. Lorelai, I, I wouldn't call her immature, um, but she's only 32. Yeah, I think they're at a place where... They, you know, obviously they're mother and daughter, but, you know, they're kind of like becoming friends. Tell me about that boy. kind of, And like, mm-hmm. you know, wanting to have those types of conversations. And it's very clear that Lorelai didn't have a relationship with her mother like that. You know, the scenes where those two are interacting, it's rigid and uh, Very awkward. Their, their relationship yeah it's awkward like for like, a mother and daughter uncomfortable pair <laughs> it, it, it's almost like they I would say especially her mother doesn't really know her or doesn't really get her wants Lorelai to just be the way she wants her to be not for Lorelai to just be herself is it, mm-hmm. kind of the what I got from those scenes, and yes, that would take an immense toll. It would be such a strain on on a relationship, and I think that to a certain extent, Lorelai deliberately tries to build a relationship with her daughter that's not like the one she has with her own mother. Maybe almost to the detriment of their relationship. At some points, I I wrote down that their mother daughter relationship is more like at some points girlfriend. When they actually do have a conflict or an argument, Lorelai says, "We've always ran our home, or our we've our relationship has always been more like a democracy." But now I have to play the mom card, and I thought that's not really great. Your your yeah. your relationship with your kid. I understand everyone is different. Everyone every relationship is special, 
But at the end of the day, the relationship should not be a democracy. Yeah, that's not how parenting works necessarily. Yeah. Now, Lorelai probably has a huge um, advantage in that her daughter maybe can be like the word, but in that because Ray is naturally, I think, just mature. Mature. So sure, uh, maybe doesn't need as much guidance, direction, whatever. But at one point, Lorelai even says, "You've always been the more mature one." Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I just I kind of chuckled at some of those comments because I think often you know when we watch television and movies and and things like that and compare it to my own experience there was no democracy. <laughs> That's exactly in, right. In our house growing up. I mean, just like and I've said this before with other things we watch, well, if we would have made a comment like that we would have been smacked upside our heads or, yeah. you know, like there just, there was no discussion. You were told to do something. You did it. Done. <laughs> that's it. That, that's that's the series of events right there. Like, it, it's funny to me, you know, to the, like mention of, you know, democracy or, you know, Lorelai walks into Rory's room and um, doesn't knock and Rory makes a comment. Yeah, like, thank, oh thanks we for the knock. We were not allowed to close the doors of our bedrooms <laughs> unless we were changing our um, clothes. Oh, my God. Let me tell you once. I slammed my door, and I caught hell for it. You didn't slam your door. You didn't You didn't mouth off or, or do anything remotely disrespectful. So her little, you know, knock much or whatever the comment was, yeah. I was like, damn, girl. <laughs> you better watch because you're going to get smacked. And then your mom's going to take the door right off the hinges. Oh, wait, you live in a democracy. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Now, speaking of taking the door off the hinges and where they're living, they live in an awfully big house for for a, a single mother. So we, we know from the beginning of this of this series that she is the the manager of this inn, this very cute, cozy inn. I mean, it, seem, it's, it seems very nice. It's mm-hmm. And it's very popular, obviously. Yeah, it's, it's always right. multiple rent- scenes where yeah. people were calling in, wanting a room, and Michelle was constantly saying, like, we're all booked, we're all booked. Pick a different Right, there was weekend. a wedding there. When, when, the, when, the, when the show opened, there was a wedding Right, so clearly they're doing well. The hotel itself is doing well, but she doesn't own the hotel. She just works there. That which I was confused about for a while. It it really she there was a feeling of of it was her authority, right? That's and she is a director or something or other. But still, like there was for a short period of time, I wondered, does she own this? Right, this. She, is she the manager or she owns it? What what exactly is her title They eventually here? came out and said that she was the executive manager. Right. That she started years ago working there as a maid, worked her way up. So I'm sure she's doing okay, but that house they live in is huge. Yeah, that's a stretch. That's a severe stretch. That's a stretch. crazy huge because house for 32. a single mother. Okay. Yeah. So she had a child at 16. She probably still finished high school high school with a baby, you probably don't have a part-time job, so she didn't start working till she was, we'll say, 18, whatever. Mm -hmm. And she probably had to be a maid for a number of years, and maybe she moved up to working at the front desk. And, like, she probably hasn't been making the money that she makes now Mm -hmm. for that long. Not only that, but I'm sorry, you're, you're not making... I don't know. Are you? You're not making fifty thousand dollars as a hotel manager in a small town. Well, when you throw in small town, yeah, I would say at a better hotel. I don't know. I don't work in that field, but sure, at a better hotel. Maybe if you're like at a you're major the, metropolitan they area. They said executive manager. She so she's like pretty like high up. Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay. So you're you're probably you could command like a, mm-hmm. a very decent uh, salary. However, I've got to believe that in a in a town this small, even with them being booked all the time, you know, how many rooms could they possibly mm-hmm. have? You know, there was a, a scene where she was asking a room, and she didn't say, like, 
it wasn't room 107 or 308, it was room 4, which kind of implies they, they might have whatever, 10, 20. Like their rooms are, yeah. they don't have like hundreds of rooms, they have dozens perhaps of rooms. Yeah, unfortunately we didn't, we did not get a look at the exterior of this, right. of this inn. But that's neither here nor there. Yeah, it's just, just, it's just a observation. It's kind of like speculating. I don't think and, this is like a massive production that they're running. And I don't think, yeah, for her to have, be able to afford a house like that, and I don't, I don't feel that her parents have been helping her because clearly she's, they have a strained relationship. Well, at Netflix best. told us she's fiercely independent. That's right. Netflix told and us. And it's very clear that. It was incredibly difficult for her to go to her parents. She spent, I, I would say, the majority of her adult life was being fiercely independent, proving that she could make it on her own, even though she had a child at a young age. Well, I, I wrote that because at one point she does go to visit her, her parents to ask for help, ask for money. Yeah, she, she stands at the front door of this mansion, basically, this really large house, yeah. And I, I'm thinking, damn, you got to be as strange as hell from your parents to have to be invited into their house by your parent. Like, right. When when it was she's so standing there, just awkward. She's the mom answers the front door and they're making small talk for about a minute and a half, and then she says, "Oh, won't you come in?" Like she's a vacuum salesman or something, <laughs> or the the bridge club, or but that. It's like that's your daughter. So you know when when we visit my parents or your parents, we just walk right in. Yeah. Anybody who visits their own parents, you just walk right in the house. Clearly, Lorelai feels so uncomfortable in this situation that she cannot. Or it is, doesn't feel like her home. She right. feels like an awkward guest going to this place. Yes, I think we all felt like awkward guests. Uh, it, it was. It, yeah, I felt it was, a little bad, to be honest. Like, I felt a little bit bad. I know, it's a character on a show, but a clearly, like, decent person and whatever, struggling that hard to go into the house that she grew up in to see mm -hmm. her parents, like, how awful that would feel. And I would be interested to see what kind of childhood she had, because she's an only child, I assume. So how did she go from probably being, like, really well-off and really wealthy? I mean, I'm sure, yes, having the – getting pregnant at 16 was the deal-breaker. I don't know. If you if you grew up in that lifestyle, you know, what happened to make her not want to continue that lifestyle? I'm sure that if she wanted to raise her, her child in her parents' large palatial estate – she probably could have. I I wonder if there's some level of just rebellion, you know, not oh you must have been re rebelling and that's how you got pregnant. Like that's I wonder if we continue to watch the show, would we find that the parents tried to make her someone that she didn't want to be, tried to mold her into mm. you know this lifestyle that she just didn't enjoy or you know nobody's like oh god take away the money but just the, some of the things that come with that it's not fun it's not enjoyable and mm -hmm. you know she's a little bit more of like a free spirit i mean look at how she interacted with rory a 16 year old girl her daughter with the skirt she gets this plaid skirt that needs hemmed the mother wants to hem the skirt higher <laughs> than the daughter does. Right. That's the opposite of what you would expect. Usually there's a fight because the daughter wants the skirt to be like barely covering her sure. butt and the mother's <laughs> like, no way, you know, we got to take that hem out and we need a longer skirt and, you know, da-da-da. But it's like the reverse, yeah. you know. So maybe she was just kind of a rebellious child or didn't really fit in with that lifestyle and... Mm. The one thing that I, I made a couple of notes on, just to switch gears real quick, <laughs> the the era that this took place in, it felt very, it wasn't the 90s. I mean, 
obviously this aired in 2000, but the 2000, you know, year 2000, that was just it's one year away from the 90s. It was still it still felt very of the time in a weird way, very early 2K. Mostly just because I feel like the music. I felt like I was watching like Lilith Fair or something. It was <laughs> well. They mentioned and played Macy Gray, and yeah, I can remember I thinking, "Who has a Macy Gray CD? Who's actively looking looking for their Macy Gray CD? Yeah, I, I was. Who like, steals their kids' Macy Gray CD? Wow, Macy Gray. Okay. And they actually played a Macy Gray song in the episode. <laughs> yeah, I know. I can't think of the Macy other Gray doesn't even have a Macy Gray CD. <laughs> probably not. I can't think of the other songs that were recognizable. Really, there was that one, There She Goes. Yeah. That, I, that, that's always in everything. Yeah. I always kind of like that song. Um, but yeah, there, it was definitely that kind of Lilith Fair, but kind of just like that, like, kind of chill music. It's, it was that. like that that alt-rock. Yeah. But Carol King on the the beginning music... Oh, was that the, the was that the opening? Okay, Carol King. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I wasn't crazy about the about the theme song, but the opening. Oh, I didn't song. love it. But as soon as they, I heard it, I was like, mm, Carol I King. Didn't, I didn't know who that. That's who it was. Carol King. Well, she had a lot of her own songs, but she wrote for like a crap ton of other artists. Like her most famous music mm-hmm. is possibly stuff that she wrote for other people. Okay. Yeah, I mean, she has like a. I recognize her voice. Her voice to me doesn't really sound like other people. So, mm-hmm. as soon as the it started, I was like, "Oh, Carol King." So. Now the other uh, the other thing about this show, or at least this episode, I did find it very enjoyable. I, I mean, the the few nitpicks we we have about it aside, I enjoyed the characters. They seem very very natural. The dialogue seemed. Sometimes it was a little on the nose, but most of the time I thought it was pretty well done. I enjoyed the show. I the idea of this mother daughter in like a democracy is so foreign mm. to me in the way that I <laughs> was raised and everything. Yeah. But like I bought it. You know what I mean? Like I get they they sold it. They, yeah. they sold it pretty well. Yeah. And I I think that if we continued with the show, like what I imagine is that for many years Lorelai raising her daughter was you know I would never say easy single mom surely not going to be easy mm-hmm. but they had a dynamic that really worked for them but things are clearly changing right here in this pilot episode Rory was interested in going to the private school gets accepted to the private school everyone's so excited this could be her way to get into Harvard, which they mentioned. And then Lorelai's like, well, I don't know if I want to... I'm sorry, Rory. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know if I want to go because she met a boy. Yep. And, you know, Lorelai's like devastated. I think Lorelai wants, even though Lorelai comes from money, to say, like, oh, I want my daughter to have more than I did, you well, sure, probably I, wanted for nothing. I mean, with, every parent wants that. But it's more than just money like you know we don't know like they mentioned that Lorelai's taking some business classes so I get the feeling that she did not probably was not able to go to like traditional college because she was a young mother okay Uh, just since you brought that up did you get the impression that she was making that an excuse to come visit her parents or do you think she was actually taking business classes because every because Lorelai didn't really sell it and it didn't seem like her parents were buying it. <laughs> well, that's I was true. I was a little torn if that so, was a real thing or if she was just saying, oh, I was in the area. By the way, I need to borrow $50,000. So, may, yeah, okay, so maybe she just made up the I mean, taking she, she business could classes. I, mean, I could imagine her taking business. But you wouldn't say, oh, I was, I'm taking a class two days a week if you already had, like, a degree. So mm-hmm. she may have just totally made that up well because her dad even says even, yeah what, the, the what, mother knew nothing of what it what class is it what class are you taking like he was kind of trying to bust her on it yeah 
Well, I guess the mother kind of did, too, because she's like, well, if you say you told us, I'm sure you told us, or, or however, mm-hmm. you know, she said it. But, you know, regardless of that, if that was a lie or not, I don't think she would say that if she already had, mm-hmm. like, I assume she does not have a, a degree, and she probably mm-hmm. wants her daughter, who's very smart, to be able to go to the best school, and clearly there's this desire for her to go to Harvard. Mm-hmm. So she wants her to go to this prep school to make her even more attractive to a school like Harvard, I guess. Yeah. So, but anyways, I guess the point I'm trying to get to is I think that there's a change and and probably going to be many changes on the horizon that impact their relationship mm-hmm. because Rory was so quick to, nah, change my mind. I don't want to go to that school for a for a dumb boy, you know, and, and her mom's like, there's going to be boys. There's always going to be boys. Just comes back to, like, this kid is 16. This is, like, new. She's doing what 16-year-olds do. Mm-hmm. So I think they're probably going to have some bumps in the road and butt heads and stuff because it's a time, especially in Rory's life, where she's um, – big things are happening. She's making decisions and, and whatever. And we don't see it here, but just from what I know about the show and the love interest and stuff, I imagine that Lorelai's probably devoted a lot of her time to bettering herself so that she can be able to have a home for her child and, mm-hmm. you know, all these things that you want to do as a mother. So she's probably going to start we, – well, she know, we know because of – the love interest that I've heard of, like she's going to end up dating. So she's going to herself be going through some changes. And I imagine that whole like, oh, my gosh, I'm back in the dating world and mm-hmm. and that kind of a thing. So, Well, I think she, you know, they, they definitely hinted at her being interested in Luke. Right. Yeah. Like he, what, whatever she said to him, like you, basically she complimented him. Because, she's like, you, like, clean, you clean up, up nice. You clean up well, yeah. And I'll be honest with you, I liked him the, the other way better. You liked the scruffy, scruffy diner guy. Yeah, I mean, honestly, not not for the scruff per se, but he didn't look natural. Dressed up in the like button-down yeah. shirt and with his without the baseball cap, he looked mm-hmm. more like he um, fit in there. Like it's clearly his restaurant, mm-hmm. and it's a you know, casual place and laid back and the way he was dressed the first couple times we saw him more like jeans, t-shirt, backwards hat. Mm. He looked like, you know, that was the look that seemed appropriate for the vibe in this place. Right. And to be honest with you, when he approached the table and he didn't have the hat on and he was wearing the button down shirt, it took me like a couple seconds to realize it was the same guy. (laughs) And when she said some you know something about him cleaned up then i was like oh you, wait that is the same guy mm. cuz he kind of it almost didn't look like him i mean it sounds ridiculous i've watched 44 minutes of a show <laughs> it's not like i know these characters so well yeah. but i liked him the casual way well i'm sure I'm, I'm sure that's probably his signature look so were we to continue this show i'm sure that's that's what we would see I also like that this guy kind of put down his own food. Oh, he's he's definitely kind of a camarade like a camaradian. Yeah, he kind like, of cranky, but in a fun way. He'll serve you chili cheese fries, but he'll basically <laughs> tell you how they're going to kill you. And burgers, red meat's bad for you, mm-hmm. and and whatever. And it just like cracked me up because there were a couple different scenes where you know they order things, and he kind of gives it to them, but like oh, I I guess I'll let you clog your arteries. You know, well, you know, the first scene of the of the show is Lorelai going in and asking for a cup of coffee, and he says, "How many have you had today?" Like he doesn't want to serve her coffee, right? Which is <laughs> which is something I wrote down. I thought it was funny. I said, "Like, oh my god, how much coffee does she drink?" Do not question anyone's coffee consumption. But, I literally wrote even, in my notes that I love that there was a, like a coffee thing about the show. Yeah, there's clearly that is a thing. But she even shows up at her parents' house for dinner <laughs> with a to-go cup yeah. of coffee. Well, and and I 
you know, I already said that I knew very little about the show, but just queuing it up in Netflix, you have Gilmore Girls and you have the newer miniseries, which it shows them with their coffee cups in front of their faces. And I was like, okay, so it's not some kind of just one-time special whatever. There's going to clearly be like a coffee theme, if you will, or sprinkling of coffee whatever, throughout this entire series. Let me ask you, I know everyone's different, but just when did you start drinking coffee? When you were 16? (laughs) No. I drank coffee before I was 16. I did not drink coffee regularly until later. I don't know, just sitting down to have a cup of coffee with your parents just seems odd as a teenager. And I think this goes back to that democracy relationship they have when Rory says to Lorelai, let me buy you a cup of coffee. Right, but I think what's changed is when when I was a kid in the 80s, kids didn't drink coffee, period. But Well, that's true. There, were no, there wasn't a Starbucks in every well, corner. That's the thing. Like, yeah, my parents drank coffee, but I didn't ask for it, and they didn't offer it. And, and but you go to Aunt Donna's house, where it's a totally different kind of household, she'll ask you, do you want coffee? And... So, yeah, I had my first coffee at Aunt Donna's house, which was not all the time. It was probably like a cup a weekend. If I didn't go to Aunt Donna's, I didn't think, oh, my God, I need my coffee. Mm -hmm. I didn't really start drinking coffee until I quit drinking pop, to be honest with you. In college, I drank a ton of pop, and I would drink coffee if we, like, went to breakfast or something. But then I just morphed into coffee. And I think it's more socially accepted today for kids oh, sure. to drink coffee, a, like Starbucks on every corner yeah. and that whole thing. When we were kids, if you drank coffee, they'd probably turn your parents into CYS. Usually but, the only – I feel like the only kids that drank coffee, the only high school kids that drank coffee were the kids that smoked cigarettes and hung out at Eaton Park Oh, I was going to say went to the Beehive. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing. And there, there were very few – I mean, Starbucks aside – there were very few just independent coffee shops. It was like you would only drink coffee at a restaurant or a diner at a, or at a right. an Eaton Park or something like that. Yeah, the only time you would see teenagers drinking coffee would be late at night at a diner. But, again, it's, it's different now. In the early 2000s, coffee shops, that's where everybody hung out. Yeah. It's just funny that coffee is such a strong theme and a recurring theme in their relationship. Mm-hmm. Well, you mentioned um, when you were talking about the different characters, you mentioned Melissa McCarthy being the chef. Two things, I guess, that relate to her. One is her name is Suki. Su- yeah, Suki. Suki, Suki. It's, it's spelled S-O-O-K-I, like cookie. Yeah. But with an S. So probably around that time, I think, that series of vampire books. Well, that's, that's Sookie, what, Stoke, Sookie, Stackhouse, Stackhouse that's what True Blood was based on. Okay. So was Sookie just like a name and I was oblivious <laughs> and like people were named Sookie and I was just. Those are the only two people I've ever heard in my entire life named Sookie. It's a ridiculous Name. Yeah, no offense. If your name is Sookie, I am. I don't mean to be rude right now, but I remember when I never read oh, any no. of those Sookie Stackhouse books. But when no, they first came on my radar, I was kind of like, "What kind of ridiculous name is that?" And I kind of thought, "Okay, well, it's a series of books, some kind of vampire situation." All right. <laughs> I did not expect her name in this show to be Sookie. Yeah, I expected her name to be like Janet or something. <laughs> Is this show, or was this show, Melissa McCarthy's like break? Was this her first? I mean, she she was in some movies in the early in the in the two thousands, late nineties, early two thousands. So in two thousand, so that that would have been probably towards the beginning of her career. She had some other roles. Looks like she was in the show, I mean, pretty much the entire series. Well, the other thing I was going to say is she clearly plays something of a comedic role here. 
you know, and her mishaps, I guess, in the kitchen mm. were funny, but they're nowhere near, like, the Melissa McCarthy of today. Like, her humor is just so, like, high level, and this was a little bit more, like, mild. And so I, yeah. I wonder almost if, Almost slapstick. Like, if she's... It, what if we watched the whole series? How would we see that character develop? Like, would they write in more humor for her or better humor for her because she's so good at that that type of of mm-hmm. role? I mean, you know, I I didn't really watch Mike and Molly. I think I've seen a couple episodes here and there, um, but you know, like Bridesmaids and stuff like that. Like, I'm used to like craziness kind of mm-hmm. from her. And this was a little bit more of, you know, mild, you know. Well, sure, because... Literally in the kitchen, at every turn, she was <laughs> messing something up, catching something on fire, dropping something, hitting someone, still making what looked to be, like, amazing dishes, but it was, yeah, like you said, kind of slapstick or almost like a typical... Almost like a Mr. Magoo who didn't realize that she was causing all this chaos, yeah. but... Her her kitchen help, to, for them it was just another day, and they were putting out literal fires sometimes yeah. when when she was tossed a towel on the on the stove or she was getting ready to grab a hot pot handle and one of the guys threw a towel on it so she would grab it. You know, just they're clearly used to having her back on yeah on things like that. So I'm just kind of glancing at my notes, and you know, we talked about a lot of the the things that I mentioned. But one thing, there's a a direct quote, explicit quote from uh, Rory that I loved when I, I guess they're sitting at the restaurant near near the end of the episode, and Lorelai said something like, "Is he dreamy or or whatever?" And she said, "That's so Nick at night." And I just loved it. I didn't even hear that. Oh, I just, yeah, she said, that's so Nick at Night. And I loved it because I watched all that Nick at Night stuff (laughs) in, like, middle school, high school, all those, like, 50s, 60s shows where they literally would describe someone as dreamy and mean it, you know? (laughs) Like, those, those were just the kinds of words that they used. I loved all those shows so much. So when she said that, I was like, oh... Nick at night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then, the, you know what, one other thing that I did have in my notes, unrelated, the parents, Lorelai's parents, um, mention Christopher, who is Rory's father. Mm-hmm. And as soon as Lorelai's dad mentions Christopher, first I thought maybe it was a brother or something, and it only took seconds yeah. to realize this is... Um, Rory's father, and I was just like, whatever, Dick. <laughs> like, they're not married, and Lorelai makes it clear that, in her opinion, the fact that they're not together and never really were together, I guess, after Rory, was for the best for both of them. And that's fine, but, like, it seems a little messed up that the dad still has some kind of relationship with the basically the person who got his daughter pregnant at the age of 16. Yes, technically this is his granddaughter's father. I get it. But it doesn't just sound like business. It kind of sounds like he genuinely likes this guy. Like is almost proud of his accomplishments. Like Christopher's startup is going public next month or whatever with a little bit of pride there. And I was like, yeah, that's kind of messed up. Putting Lorelai down, like, had you stuck around with him? Or, oh, look at what you're doing. It's not as great as what he's doing. Mm-hmm. So. But she, and then she, Lorelai later makes a good point. She said, do you think if we had stayed together, he would have been successful? That he would have started that company? Basically implying he would have been a young father. He would have had a had to take a a job, he'd be at some career office schlub, probably, and not living his dreams, you know, starting right. an internet and, company. You know, as much as her mother sort of, I want to say argued, but she came right back, 
you know, with her opinion, yeah, he'd be, your dad would have offered him a position at the, at the firm. They sell insurance or whatever. But yeah, that's not the same as starting like a tech startup mm-hmm. company. At the end of the day, Lorelai's right. He, you know, if that's what had happened, he wouldn't be living his dream. He'd just be working in the family business because he could. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that was, that was a, yeah, that was definitely a super awkward moment and it really, that's kind of what sent things careening downhill quickly. Yeah, in order to, borrow the money that they need for Rory's school. The deal is that they have to go to dinner once a week and I think a phone call every week. Mm-hmm. So I, I imagine throughout the series that these weekly dinners are also going to be a thing. Right, and and painful at every turn, I'm mm-hmm. sure. So as we always do to kind of wrap things up, we talk about would you still watch, would you continue to watch this show? I would, and what I think is sort of funny is that at the time that it was current, so what did you say, 2000 to 2007? Yes. 2007, yeah, it's only like 10 years ago, but in 2000, I don't think I would have intentionally chose this show. I don't think this show would have been, would have caught my eye. No. And I guess it didn't catch my eye. I mean... You know, like I say about so many shows, I was so busy because I was in school and then I went to school again and, you know, so I was busy and didn't have time for a lot of stuff like this. But even if I did, I don't think this would have been a show that I chose. However, today, I, I think I find more of a connection to that show than I would have in 2000, so 17, 18 years ago. But yeah, I would move forward with this with this show, but at the time that it was current, no. Yeah, I agree, and and I think I think what happened was this show probably didn't turn a lot of heads at first. I think it probably appeared to a lot of people to be like we said, it was going to be a kind of a mother daughter drama slash touchy feely show, you know, on the surface. I think what happened was after it went into syndication, it became more of a kind of a fan favorite, kind of a cult hit. Now the sh- the show appears on lists like the hundred best TV shows ever. So it, it, you know that tells me that that there that the show. I mean, it went for seven seasons. Clearly, it has longevity. Mm-hmm. Clearly, people like it and liked it enough that Netflix brought it back for a kind of a mini series. So yeah, I think I would definitely continue this show as well. Like I said, I I really enjoyed the characters, even the the side characters. I thought the story was was pretty tight and well written and the, I thought the dialogue was well written. And it just seems like a a show that I would like to get to know better. Like with the the little town and all the characters and I you know, with seven seasons worth of material, I'm like thinking this is probably going to be a pretty good series. I'm a sucker for a little town. And with <laughs> like, a name like Star Hollow, or is it Star or Stars? I believe it's Stars. So Stars Hollow kind of implies... It's not as good as uh, Cape Side or... Let's or stop right there. Nothing <laughs> is as good as Cape Side. Okay. Um, but it looked cute, and mm-hmm. it could have been a contender, you yeah. know. Um, but yeah, with a name like Stars Hollow, you know this isn't like the equivalent of, you know, Los Angeles or anything. You know, it's going to be a small town. And, of course, they're mm-hmm. walking around and everything's all cute. And I was like, sure. I want to live there. Um, so, yeah, I'm like total sucker for small town mm-hmm. type of stuff. Yeah, there's something there. Like, there, all the a lot of the things that you said, like, it's well written. I really like the dialogue. It didn't seem, like, forced. And it felt, like, relatable. I remember what it's like to be 16 young and in like trying to be independent but not you know barely making it and i, I i'm not going to say she's barely making it she's got a, a looks to be like a lovely home and everything but you know wanting to be independent and mm-hmm. you know so there's a lot of like for me relatable aspects um and it's kind of funny because it just you know that whole like idea of like money can't buy you 
whatever, happiness, love, whatever mm-hmm. uh, you want to fill in there. Um, and I I think, and I'm, I feel like I'm really stretching a lot here in this episode because, like, I keep saying, if we continue to watch, I think. <laughs> but I feel like Lorelai knew that. Like, just because she was raised with with money, that wasn't that didn't make her life, like, fulfilled. Sure. She lives a fulfilled life currently, and she seems very happy with her life the way Yeah, she even said that. She she said, I already live a lovely life. Yeah. I think she recognized at, you know, something of a young age that money's not everything. Her parents, I think, view things a little bit differently, and I think that's part of the stress of their relationship. But Mm -hmm. it's there's just a lot of, like, what I think are real and realistic scenarios. So definitely. I would I would I would definitely continue with the show. Alright, cool. Well I'm glad I'm glad we both enjoyed it. Yeah. I guess that'll probably wrap it up for this episode. So just a, a little bit of housekeeping. You can find our show on iTunes. Our website is pilotseasontv.blogspot.com we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can just search for at Pilot Season TV. Oh, and we're also on Google Play. So you can find us there at Pilot Season, Pilot Season Podcast. And if you want to contact us, you can obviously you can contact us through any of the social media accounts. But you can also email us at Pilot Season Podcast at gmail.com. If you have any questions or suggestions or comments about this episode or any of our past episodes, all of which you can find on our website and on iTunes. I think that'll probably do it for this episode. I think so. And our next episode, we're already thinking ahead about a number of episodes. Well, next week's your pick. It is my pick, which I've already kind of come up with something so you can look for Dan to to tease that in the near future on on all mm-hmm. the social media. That's right. All right. Well, this has been episode 20 of the Pilot Season podcast. I'm Dan and I'm Jen and we'll see you next time. See ya.